in the flesh, even though I can't see your mouths, I can see most of you, which is lovely. And welcome, um, again, those who are watching on, the, on Zoom or whatever. And thanks, Fee, for leading us. So we're thinking about the Holy Spirit this morning. We're thinking about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came on the church. And I want to think, I encourage us to think this morning about one particular aspect of the Holy Spirit's work, which is how he speaks into us, through us, uh, how he brings his word alive in us and helps us to, to listen to him. And I've got, I've got a very sophisticated visual aid here because I've got two words written on pieces of paper. And the first word encourages us to think how the Spirit brings God's words alive in us. So God's word comes to life within us, and that is the Holy Spirit's work, to bring God's truth, uh, who God is and who we are before God, alive in us. And the second word, which I'm um, sorry, uh, hopefully there's uh, no English teachers here. Um, oh, I didn't see you over there, Fiona. Um, the, second word is, um, the second word is through us, because the Holy Spirit brings God's word to life through us, and we are to speak forth the truth that God brings alive into our hearts. But I'll come to that in a minute. But let's think about words for a moment. Words are a uh, they're a mixed blessing, aren't we? we? We can do a lot of good with our words. We can encourage people. Um, if you say, I love you to somebody, that isn't merely expressing a truth, although it is that, hopefully, but it's also, it changes the person that you say it to, doesn't it? If somebody says to you, I love you, that, that warms your heart. That brings something to life within you. So we can use our words for great good. We can praise God. We can uh, do the thing that we're made for, which is to worship God and to use our words to glorify him. And that changes our hearts as we do it. Although we've, ha- we've had to do it sort of silently this morning, it's great to be able to at least worship God together and to, to hear words and hear others singing them. But we can use words in less positive ways. We can gossip. We can be negative. We can speak words that are not true. And we can spoil people, spoil their reputation, spoil our relationship with them. If someone says to you, uh, douze point, that's quite different to if they say nil point, isn't it? I wasn't watching it last night. I watched it, we watched about 10 minutes and that was enough for us. But, um, but you, Eurovision, uh, you can come, uh, it, it, but words have power, don't they? Whether we're singing them or whether we're speaking them. And some of us, perhaps, um, you, you might be a person of not many words, and that's, that's not a bad thing. Uh, in the book of James in the New Testament, James encourages us to be slow to speak. Uh, or you might be somebody bubbling over with words, uh, which, which can be a good thing, but it, it depends what the words are, doesn't it? Um, some of the people we encounter in the Bible who were most useful to God, who were most effective in communicating his word by the power of the Holy Spirit, were themselves quite, quite reticent, quite, quite shy about their ability to speak. I think of, of Moses in the Old Testament where God said, I've, I've got a job for you. You're to go and speak my truth to power, to Pharaoh. And, and Moses said, well, I'm afraid you've got the wrong person. You could try talking to my brother because uh, he's good with words, but I'm not. And the language he used implies he might even have had some kind of speech impediment. He found it very hard to communicate. But God said, no, you're the one that I am sending with my word. Or, or Isaiah, again, a prophet in the Old Testament, and he had this vision of God where God commissioned him to be his prophet and to speak his word of truth. And Isaiah said, well, I'm a man of unclean lips. 
I, I don't feel worthy. I don't, I don't have good enough words to speak to you. But, I, but God said, no, I'm going to purify your lips. I'm going to send you to your nation and to the nations beyond. So the Holy Spirit, we find in the Bible, is a God who speaks into our lives, but he wants to speak through us, however inadequate we might be feeling. Now, I want to look particularly at... Um, a few Bible verses. They're not going to be on the screen. If you've got a Bible, it'd be great to turn them up. But if not, don't worry. I will read them out. They're just brief verses. So the first one is in Romans chapter 8. So this is, we're looking now at God speaking his truth into our lives, into our hearts, and bringing God's truth alive in that way. So look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, read the whole chapter later. It's a great chapter about the Holy Spirit and his work. But let me just read you um, sort of a verse and a half. It's sort of um, the end of verse 15 and the start of verse 16. Paul says to the church in Rome, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he says, By him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, Abba, uh, nothing to do with Eurovision. Uh, Abba is is an Aramaic word. And the interesting thing about uh, that is that Paul was not writing in Aramaic. He was writing in Greek. So this will be my last Eurovision reference, okay? Um, At Eurovision, most things get said in English, don't they? I mean, it winds up the French, I know, but most things get said in English because that's the language that most people at least have some grasp of in Europe, or many people do at least. But in, in Paul's day, in New Testament times, the equivalent was Greek. And so the New Testament was written in Greek, even though most of the people writing the New Testament, it wasn't their first language, but they wrote it in Greek because then they knew that it would get the the widest possible audience. So Greek wasn't their first language, and Jesus, when he was speaking to his disciples, would not have spoken in Greek. He'd have spoken in his native tongue, which was Aramaic, which was the language of, of that part of the Middle East at the time. It was quite similar to Hebrew and Arabic and those sort of languages. And every so often in the New Testament, the, the writers, it's as if they, they're remembering Jesus' exact words and they pick out an Aramaic word that Jesus actually used. And there's a few of them in the New Testament. And this is one of them, Abba. It's a word Jesus used when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. You can read it in Mark's Gospel. And Jesus addresses his, his father, he addresses God as Abba. And this clearly, this made an impression on the disciples. And so when they came to write their Gospels, and when Paul writes his letter, he uses this word, this Abba word. Abba is a, is a relational term for how you speak to your father. Um, Abraham in the Old Testament, the Ab of Abraham means father. Abraham means the father of many nations. So this is this, this word that was Jesus' word, for how he spoke to his father. And Paul says, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit enables us to speak to God in the same way that Jesus spoke to God. The Holy Spirit reminds us that we can have a relationship with God that is intimate, which is secure, which is not far off and distant. It's like the way Jesus related to God. The Holy Spirit, he says, enables us to call God Father and to use the most intimate way of addressing Father, which in Jesus' language 
was Abba. By him we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies, the Spirit testifies to us that we are God's children. Now, how do you, how do you feel about your relationship with God? If, if you're honest, you don't have to answer this now. But if you were being really honest, do you really always feel confident that God loves you as a, as a good parent would love a child? And the answer is probably many of us don't. We, we do things, we say things, we think things which we know in our own hearts are bad and we think, well, well that must mean God doesn't love me anymore. It means I, I can't anymore enjoy that relationship with God that I'd really like to have but I know I'm just not worthy of. Well, what does the Holy Spirit say to us in that situation? The Holy Spirit himself, Paul writes, testifies that we are God's children. We are God's children, and we can call God Abba, Abba Father. Isn't that good news? That is a work of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you some other examples from John's Gospel. So in John's Gospel, we hear Jesus talking a lot, and Jesus introduces his disciples to the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet, but once I go, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And what does he say the Holy Spirit is going to do when he comes? Well, he says a number of things. Let me just give you a few verses. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit will teach us and remind us who Jesus is and what Jesus has said. Or again, in the next chapter, chapter 15, verse 26, when the advocate, this is Jesus' particular word for the Holy Spirit, it's literally paraclete, the NIV translates it advocate, some translations have it counselor or comforter, but when this person comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, what will he do? He will testify about me, Jesus says. He will speak to you, about me, about Jesus. And finally, in John's Gospel, chapter 16, going into the next chapter, verse 14. He, that's the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, will glorify Jesus, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So the point Jesus is making is that when the Holy Spirit comes... He will, he will tell us, he will speak into us, into our hearts, truths about Jesus. And that's good news, because who is Jesus to us? Jesus is our saviour. Jesus is the one who came to show us what God is like, but came to take our sins upon himself, to die in our stead. And the Holy Spirit comes to remind us of that and to glorify Jesus, and to say, keep looking to Jesus for your confidence and for your salvation. So my question to you, as, we, as I wrap up talking about how the Holy Spirit speaks into our lives, is what word is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What word is the Holy Spirit saying to you about who Jesus is, 
about who God our Father is. Not your spirit's word, not the, th- not the thoughts and feelings that sometimes well up inside you, which are not God's truth. What is the Holy Spirit saying? Because our human spirits talk all kinds of nonsense to us. And listening to ourselves is, is not always a good plan. It can work up to a point. It's good to have some self-awareness and all that kind of stuff. But if we listen to ourselves for truths about us and God, we're probably going to hear a load of rubbish. We're probably, it's just going to be like hearing our own echo. And that's not a good thing. In these times, particularly when we're isolated from each other and it's, it's hard to hear God's truth together, we need to hear the Holy Spirit who speaks to us, who speaks into our hearts and reminds us what kind of God we have and the kind of relationship we can have with God, which is not a distant relationship, but which is an Abba Father relationship. So that's good news, isn't it? And the way particularly, if you're thinking, well, how do I hear God's voice? Well, I would say start here. Start with the written word of God. The Holy Spirit brings God's written word alive in our hearts. He quickens it to us. These words which were written so many centuries and even thousands of years ago become through the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts, God's word to us. And they bring God's truth alive in us. So start there. God speaks in other ways too, but he particularly speaks through words. He sometimes speaks through pictures and visions, but he particularly speaks through words, which is why Jesus himself is described as the word of God. Jesus is the ultimate picture of who God is like, and yet in a sense he is a word. He's a letter to us, written to us, so that we can see what God is like. So let's listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say in our hearts. Now let me move to the, to the through word, because the Holy Spirit wants to speak into our hearts so that we can bubble over and be speaking his truth outside ourselves as well. And this is where at last we're going to get to the book of Acts, which we had read to us earlier, the account of the day of Pentecost. What happened? Well, Jesus had gone back up to heaven. He'd ascended to heaven. And his parting words to the disciples in Acts chapter 1 were, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And what will that enable you to do, according to Acts chapter 1? You will be my witnesses. Which, funnily enough, is that same word that Paul uses in Romans 8 about the Holy Spirit witnessing and testifying into our own hearts. And John uses, in, in what Jesus uses in the book of John to describe how the Holy Spirit tells us about Jesus. Now, having heard all this by the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we are by the power of the Holy Spirit to testify to who Jesus is ourselves. That is what the Holy Spirit came to do. And so what happened on the day of Pentecost? Well, we had, that, we had the reading on the screen earlier, didn't we? Let me just remind you of a few bits of it. The disciples were all together. They were in an upper room. They had no idea what was going to happen, but they were praying together, and then the Holy Spirit came. And it was like tongues of fire were resting on them, and there was this wild wind blowing around. And then what do we read? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what was the first thing they did when they were filled? They began to speak. They began to speak, and they began to speak in other tongues, 
which, which was to demonstrate that this was God speaking. This was God's truth coming out of them. It was tongues they didn't understand, but as they, as they burst out of their building and found crowds of people around, they discovered that the tongues that they'd been given were languages that the people gathered around in the streets of Jerusalem could, could understand. And this was God's truth. This was God's testimony going out into the streets and alleyways of Jerusalem. And people were amazed. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, the people said. And then Peter gets up. And, and I, can just, I can just imagine what the rest of the disciples were thinking. Because when Peter spoke in the Gospels, he almost always said something stupid. His, his heart was in a good place. He loved Jesus, but he always seemed to have his foot in his mouth and he was mangle his words. And I think the disciples were probably thinking, oh no, Peter's going to talk now. What's he going to say? But what happened? Peter stood up and the Holy Spirit testified through him and he gave this extraordinary sermon and it's full of Old Testament references and all kinds of things. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd and off he went. Um, well, I could say so much more. Uh, I'll just give you the end of Peter's speech. With many other words, he warned them. With many other words, he warned them. And he pleaded with them, save yourselves. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Do you see the emphasis in, in Acts account on the words that were spoken and people responding to the word? And we get that throughout the book of Acts. I'm reading the book of Acts at the minute, and I've, and I've been noticing it. Almost every time something happens, there's an emphasis on the word of God going out. Uh, let me give, give you one example. End of, uh, well, nearly the end of Acts chapter 4. Um, the, Peter and John had been um, hauled up before the Sanhedrin and they'd been threatened and all kinds of other things. And they come back to the believers and they pray together. And this is the end of their prayer. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 31. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak, to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. We heard about some, some miraculous signs and wonders earlier, didn't we, from Graham and Jean. God is still at work in our day. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled. They must have been refilled because they'd already been filled previously, but they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. And what happened? They spoke the word of God boldly. What does the Holy Spirit come to do? The Holy Spirit comes to bring God's truth into our hearts, to remind us who we are and everything God said to us. And then the Holy Spirit pushes us out to declare the wonders that God has done in us to those around about us. Whatever the persecution, whatever the threats, whatever, the, whatever our own weaknesses and feelings and tremblings about doing it, that is the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So our question, our question to ourselves is how are we proclaiming? How are we telling people about the kind of relationship we have with our Abba Father? How are we proclaiming what Jesus has done for us? We can do it in our worship. We do it this morning as we sing, as we pray, and as we gather together. But how about during this week? How about when you're on Facebook or Twitter does the name of Jesus and your relationship with God ever make an appearance there? 
How about when you're uh, sitting around as your family around the tea table? How about when you're at the water cooler, if you manage to go back to a workplace with water coolers? But when you're on Zoom or whatever, does the name of Jesus come off your lips? Because if it does, that is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I just want to encourage us as we come to the end of our service to pause for a moment. To think, what word is the Holy Spirit saying to me? What is it about God and my relationship with God that I need to hear the Holy Spirit saying? What are those things that are bubbling up within me that actually I need to ignore and say, no, that's not truth? What words of truth do I need to hear about God and turn back to him in worship and praise? And then secondly, what words about God can I, be, can I be proclaiming? Can I be testifying? By the way, that testify word is the word, it's, it's the Greek word. I said they were writing in Greek. It's the word from which we get the word martyr. Because in those days, if you testified to Jesus, there was a good chance you would end up losing your life. And Jesus said, those who want to follow me need to take up their cross need to give up their life to do so. The Holy Spirit comes to enable us to testify, even to the point of laying down our lives, as the early church discovered. In what ways can we be laying down our lives, our reputations, our career prospects, our popularity, for the sake of Jesus by testifying as the Holy Spirit equips us to do. Let's be quiet for a moment, and then I'll lead us in a prayer. Holy Spirit, will you rain down, will you come down upon us now as your people, as you did all those years ago? Will you come down upon us and will you point us to the Father? Will you glorify Jesus? Will you remind us of those truths that we've read which, but which perhaps we've lost our enthusiasm for? Oh, Holy Spirit, Will you glorify Jesus and will you enable us to say, Abba, Father, with confidence? And if there's anyone here this morning that regards God as a distant God, who is no longer cares about them because of the, the wrong things they've thought or said or done, Lord, we pray by your Holy Spirit, you will point them to the God who wants us to say, Abba, Father, the God who wants to save us and have a relationship with us? Will you speak your words of truth and comfort to us? But, O oh, Holy Spirit of God, will you also rain down and enable us, like those early apostles, to burst forth with the testimony of who you are, to bear witness, even to the point of death, because of our love for you and our desire to tell everyone how great you are,
Holy Spirit, will you come upon us? And however weak and feeble we may feel, however poor we may feel we are at communicating, help us, we pray. This week, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our colleges, help us, we pray, to have the name of Jesus on our lips. To take the opportunities, as we were encouraged earlier, to pray with people, to offer prayer. To say, we believe, we believe there is power in the name of Jesus. And we pray that as you did for that early church, you will do great things through us for your praise and glory. Amen.